Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Hesha Abrams. Find it. Sorry. Uh, could, sorry, I will edit this. My guest today is Hesha Abrams. Conflict destroys relationships, families, businesses, and communities. Hesha, world-renowned expert attorney mediator who solved the disagreement over the secret recipe for Pepsi, has been working for 30-plus years in the trenches of human conflict. She shares her toolkit for battle-tested skills that anyone can use to diffuse tension, eliminate conflict, and make deals in their own lives and businesses. Thanks so much for joining me today, Hesha. My pleasure. I'm thrilled to have you here. This this is a pretty hot topic, this, you know, (laughs) dealing with difficult people and conflict and things. Uh, So what makes us so afraid of dealing with conflict? Because we do it poorly. That's why. <laughs> so, th- and this is the deal. There's no real training in this. You handle conflict the way your mom or dad did, or your grandma or your grandpa. And usually that was poor. And so you have people that are either aggressive, aggressive, or passive aggressive, or I tried it once and it didn't work. So you're just an idiot. You know, we, we don't train basic skills on how to manage things. And in the old days, when community was more important, that acted as a governor on people's behavior. So I couldn't really be as nasty or as aggressive because I might get excommunicated from the group or the town or the church or something like that. Well, nowadays, you know, it's the Wild West. Anybody can get away with anything. And you know, it takes a thousand people to build a beautiful building and one malcontent with a stick of dynamite can destroy it. Yeah. And so good leaders have got to see potential cancers early and do preventative care. Um, and then when they can't, okay, here's some tools. This is how you handle it to either diffuse it, maintain it, or contain it. And that to me is... Uh, every leader I talk to and I work with says that's their number one job, besides, of course, revenue. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you can't get to the revenue if you're busy with these things. So, all right, so so let's dive into this a little bit. So I'm a, a leader in a business and I've got people who um, don't play nice with others, let, let's say. Uh, wh- wh- what do I do? So people don't play nice with others because they are allowed to. It's where the boundary is. And here's the proof I'm going to give you. There's a guy that beats the stuffing out of his wife, right? He comes home, he gets drunk, and he beats up his wife. But his boss shows up, or a cop, and he can restrain himself. So he can restrain himself. 
He just either chooses not to, or he doesn't have to. People run red lights in countries that don't enforce their traffic laws. So people get mad at cops that, oh, you know, I got a ticket for speeding or I got a ticket for running a red light. Well, it's called the broken windows theory. Mm. And uh, it actually happened in New York City in Times Square. I don't know if people remember this, but Times Square probably 30 years ago was a cesspool. It was nasty. Homeless, drug addicts, broken windows. It was disgusting. And there was a police chief in New York that said, instead of trying to get the high-level, big, mafia, Don, criminal, big guys, we're going to get their soldiers. We're going to go after the guy that jaywalks or that throws trash or spits or sells a joint or some little small something. And they started arresting people. And what happened is that the big guys didn't have soldiers anymore. And so Times Square was no longer a conducive environment for that. So people moved away and then they were able to revitalize it and build it into the you know, magnificent tourist behemoth you know, that it is today. Well, the analogy I like to use is spaghetti sauce. You drop it on the counter, you take a white sponge, you wipe it up. It's no big deal, right? Yeah. You leave it overnight, you're scraping it off with a knife. <laughs> you leave it three or four months and it's old and moldy and nasty yeah. or three or four years and now it's growing bacteria. That is conflict. And the reason why I named my book, Holding the Calm, The Secret to Resolving Conflict and Diffusing Tension. It's a long name, a little longer than I would have liked, but diffusing tension is so important because it's the wet spaghetti sauce. You wipe it up. It's so much better. But if you can't, you need to know how to get it off with that knife. And that's what some of these secrets and tricks are from, you know, professionals. I've been doing this three decades. Yeah. I, I know how to, you know, get the, I know how to do be preventative. And then I know how to do major surgery afterwards if it's required. <laughs> okay. So, so I, I love this and thank you so much for sharing that um, example from New York. I um, remember learning about that. And I get how that is so connected to this. So I'm a business leader. What I'm hearing is I have to stop letting people get away with it because what it's teaching them is this is okay to do. This is an okay way to to motor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's called, neuroscientists have a term for it. It's called the standardization of deviance. And what it means is that if, and here, let me give you another analogy that your leaders will love. Right. My husband was a pilot and a Czech airman for American Airlines. And, you know, a couple of decades ago, American Airlines had terrible trouble with luggage carts and catering carts whacking into airplanes. And it's not like a little dent on your car when it's in an airplane. It's serious business. And the plane was out of service until it could get repaired. And so... They gave training, they did rules, they did punishments. It didn't change the accident rate. So finally, what they did is, you know, you have a dead body in a murder mystery show and they draw the outline of the dead body. (laughs) Well, they did that for the planes. Imagine doing that for a giant 747. (laughs) So they did that for the plane where it was supposed to park. And they said to everybody, do not cross the line. 
your beverage cart, your, your catering cart, your luggage cart. Do not cross the line. Accidents dropped by like 90%. It wow. was amazing. After two or three years, then what happened was Joe pulled his cart six inches past the line. Yeah, it's no big deal. Mm. Sam, you know, made it himself even with Joe, but that was 10 inches and then 12 inches. And within a year, all of a sudden, the line didn't matter anymore because it wasn't enforced. Wackage on the planes again. Ugh. So boundaries are worthless. Rules mm. are worthless unless they are enforced. Now, then we get into enforcing them properly and fairly and yada, yada, yada. Mm. But we all know that stuff. But you have to be able to do that because uh, otherwise people are going to walk all over you. Okay. So, I so agree with this. Um, and uh, it seems to me that once you start enforcing it, as you were just saying, then like you enforce it with one person, then everyone falls in line. But then if, if someone falls out of line, you got to jump on it right away. You can't let it go because you have wet to spaghetti sauce. I mean it. Yeah, that's honestly think wet spaghetti sauce, because yeah. if, if your word, if your word doesn't matter, yeah. why should anybody listen to you? If right. the red light is a suggestion, nobody's going to stop. So, and that's hard for a leader because sometimes you get people that are leaders because they were really good at their substantive job <laughs> and now they're in leadership and they may not be so good at people management. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote this book It's a simple little, you know, $15 paperback and it's on the Harvard bookstore now. It's a simple, easy thing to read in two hours to say, oh, that's how I can handle it. Or here's some sentence stems that I can use. Sentence stems are your best friend. When you don't know what to say, yeah. you've got these sentence stems. And just these tricks of the trade of how what professionals do to wipe that spaghetti sauce up when it's wet, because if it's easy, of course, you're going to do that one. Yeah. But how do you do it with somebody that you're afraid of how they're going to react, or they're right. going to blow up, or they're going to claim discrimination, or what, 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 fill in the blank? You have to be able to have these tools to say, oh, well, that's how I do it. It's not that hard. Right. I can really protect myself on how I am trying to enforce some of these rules, but not be the bad guy, still be liked, you know, have all the issues that leaders are afraid of doing. But you can't, you can't run a clean, efficient operation if you're constantly fixing messes. You're constantly correcting problems. So you want to get everybody rowing in the same direction so that when there's a problem, it's a real problem, not made up drama, listen to me, pay attention to me, power struggle, emotional immaturity, pouting. That's the junk that happens in any collection of human beings. And I'm telling you, I've dealt with senior, 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 big, 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 fancy, fancy people it can be just as emotionally immature. Okay. This is so great. Uh, it, it's such a level playing field, unfortunately or unfortunately, but but it is the reality that this is how humans are. So one of the questions I have is, is, is it possible to reach that person who just shuts down in the face of conflict and get them to open up and talk about where they're at? Yes. Yes. And I love that question because 
you get some people that are real aggressive, they need to be diffused. Yeah. But you know what? When someone crosses their arms and goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's just as damaging when they retreat and withdraw. So when they do that, what they're saying to you is that their amygdala has been triggered. The amygdala is the fear and negativity center in the brain. It's the part of you that makes you go into fight, flight, or freeze. And so you back off. When the amygdala is triggered for somebody, they go into something called a refractory state. Their prefrontal cortex, that is the analytical part of the brain, literally shuts down. So you can give all the best data, analysis, rationalization, listening, validation, they're not hearing you. They're not hearing you. And that's because they feel powerless. Mm. So the easy antidote is you give them some power. Would you like to talk about this? What would you like to discuss? When would you like to discuss it? Where would you like to sit? Where would you like to go out to lunch? What do you think is the most important thing? What are the barriers here? Is there anything you think I'm not seeing? I value your opinion, and I'm worried that I may have missed something. Would you help me? See all that stuff? Yeah. It's all sentence stems in the book, divided by categories. And then what you're doing is saying to the other person, I'm safe. Your amygdala can quiet down. Because you may have something valuable to say that really is helpful to me, or I just diffused a bomb. Right. Either way. Win-win for me as the leader. Right, right, right. I love these sentence stems because, yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges is not knowing how to approach the situation, not knowing what to say to move it forward as opposed to inflaming it. Exactly. Right, having people dig in. And, you know, what, what we tend to do is we tend to do things the way we are. Yeah. So it's as if I said, I like pizza. Why aren't you eating pizza? What is wrong with you? Are you an idiot? Are you stupid? Everyone likes pizza without finding out that you're gluten intolerant. And if I just got you a cauliflower crust, you're a happy camper. (laughs) But I didn't take the time to figure that out. Right. And so make your audience laugh. It's the same thing with ice cream. You you push ice cream on people, but if they're lactose incontinent, (laughs) not incontinent, lactose intolerant, you know, there'll be a gas giant and then you'll have to deal with that, you know? So (laughs) whichever, whichever analogy works for you to remember it, it's just taking the time to stop and to figure that out. And literally it takes, that's also why I called the book Holding the Calm, because that's the mantra I use for myself. I have an amygdala. I get triggered and I will say to myself, I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. I'm holding the calm. That takes two seconds. Mm. And what it does is it calms my amygdala down to say, okay, girlfriend, you've got choices. You've got options. What are you going to choose to do? Now I have just a moat between my feelings and my actions. I can breathe. Now I can look and see what do I want to do. And it takes two, three seconds. It's nothing. Now I can make a better choice. What outcome do I want to achieve? What tools do I want to use? Then like chapter one of my book is speak into the ears that are hearing you. So if Mm -hmm. I'm talking to you, 
Yeah. I do you like pizza or ice cream? You know, are you a potato chip or a cake person? Right. It's not hard to assess somebody if you take just a second to look at them. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you a big picture person or a small detail person? If I just do that simple, simple adjustment to my messaging, my effectiveness exponentially increases. This is something that um, I believe is huge in every aspect of business and in life, which is being curious, Mm -hmm. right? Learning first, being curious about someone, not being judgmental, um, asking those questions so that you have a better platform to start from. And this is really interesting for me because I'm hearing you when you were saying that um, I'm holding the calm, I'm holding the calm. What I realized was that it's what you said. It brought your heat down. So then your brain could kick in. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful way of saying it, Diane. That's great. Because otherwise our brain, you said it earlier that we free, like we can't think we can't problem solve. We can't do any of these things and we don't realize it in the moment. Mm-hmm. But if we can bring the temperature down for ourselves first, that's then how we can think of how to approach the situation. You're totally right. And as a leader, look what you're modeling. Yeah. Right. You know, and the thing I say to myself is, my God, life is hard. Yeah. You know, it's harder for some people than others. Mm-hmm. God bless. Right. And you have no idea the challenges somebody else is facing. Right. You have no clue. Yeah. And if they explode, if they act badly, if they're stubborn, resistant, self-righteous, I guarantee you there are pathologies, wounds, fears, traumas that underlie all of that. But you don't have the time or the vulnerability often to figure that out. So you don't have to. You use these sentence stems. You use some of the stories and the tricks that I have in the book to diffuse that. And one of the biggest things that make employee satisfaction is that they feel like their leader cares about them. Mm -hmm. So I tell people in our society, most people's give a darn meter is broken. So make sure your give a darn meter is finely tuned. And if your people feel like you actually care about them, you can fire them. You can discipline them. You can restrict something and the effect will be minimal because they feel like you care about them, which by definition feels fair and just. Right. It's really quite in the study after study after study that proves this. It's dramatic. And one of the best ways that you can to care, to show that you can care about people is by listening to them. Yeah. By hearing what they have to say. Right. By seeing them. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to give in to them. I mean, a kid wants candy. I'm not going to give them candy. I'm going to say, brush your teeth. Yeah. Right. But if the kid feels like you love them. Yeah. Okay. Then my own mom or dad said no to candy. I got to brush my teeth. Right. Right. It's so, it's so, this is what I always say that what people really want is to be heard. 
So I do have a question for you about silence. I believe that silence is a great tool, but I'm curious about what your perspective is on silence, you know, using silence or there situations where it's best to be silent when dealing with conflict. Well, I have a whole chapter on silence. Not that you asked that. It is a tool. Now, for some people, it would be exceptionally annoying. I'm talking to you and you're just sitting there quiet. I may want to go, hey, you know, frick you, right? Mm -hmm. I'll be really angry and upset. For other people, silence is comforting. (laughs) Excuse me. Silence is comforting. For other people, silence makes them nervous and they will rush to fill the space, which quite frankly, sometimes I want. If I'm a leader or I'm a negotiator, I may want that. So you use it as a tool. Okay. All right. I get it. It depends on the situation. So what I'm hearing is it's situational. Exactly. And I have a whole lot of stories and discussions that I have. And I have a whole chapter in the book about that. You know, silence is golden. Um, but every tool you have, it's a tool, you know, I mean, I'm not going to use a hammer on a screw. I need a screwdriver, right? No, he's a screwdriver on a hammer. Although we have all used a shoe to hammer a nail into the wall, (laughs) right? Sometimes you use the tool you have. (laughs) It's exactly right. But you know, if you want to increase your effectiveness more and all you have is a hammer, well, for God's sakes, pick up a screwdriver. Then fires, then a laser torch. You know, I mean, I've been doing this 30 years. And so the reason I wrote the book this way is I wanted it real easy, real accessible. Uh, It's 20 tools in 20 chapters, each with stories and sentence stems and anecdotes. And what I tell people too, is that every story I put in there has been battle tested, every single one. And so I could sit here and let's say you and I had a situation of whatever, and I could start lecturing you, Diane, I don't like this, or I need to do this, or you need to do that. Or I could say, Diane, can I share a story with you? Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, yes. Now your ears are open and I'm going to tell you a story. Every story in my book is a minute or less because that's all people you yeah. know, can hear. Yeah. And then it takes the point and to the, it allows the other person to digest it and receive the point themselves yeah. and say, oh, right? It's not, it's not hard. It's just that it's like someone didn't have glasses and you go, see better, squint, <laughs> what's wrong with you? And then you just go, no, 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 no. Then can I just put glasses on your face? Oh, yeah. that's really what it is. None of this is rocket science. Yeah. Oh, this is the most advanced technique, you know. It's a, it's the Mars rover. No, it's not. It's just stuff that we should have been taught right. in school. Right. We should have been taught. And it's one of those things that, well, you learn it along the way. Well, that's not how you learn piano. You know, right. that's not really how you learn cooking. You know what? Why not? That's why, you know, that's why I wrote this book because I wanted it easy and accessible for people to say, Oh, that's a screwdriver. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> would you like one quick one that everyone sure. loves that's funny? Love it. 
And so this is something you could use at a meeting where you've got that one person that won't shut up and keeps talking (gasps) or stealing your ideas or dominating or that weird uncle at Thanksgiving who likes to push your buttons (laughs) and just say ridiculous stuff. This is a surefire way to shut them up immediately. (laughs) You look at them and you say, you know what I admire about you? Or do you know what I respect about you? Do you know what I like about you? Do you know what I love about you? Any verb you want. Choose whatever verb is authentic to you. And guess what happens after you say that to someone? They stop talking. (laughs) Everybody stops talking and immediately goes, moi? (laughs) I want to hear what you have to say. (laughs) You have the power. You have the floor. Then you say something authentic and true. Your passion, your enthusiasm, your commitment, your determination, your energy. You can say any of those things. And what does that do to the person? They literally backpedal and sit back in their seat. They don't know what to say. There's no response. There's no retort to it. Especially if there was conflict and you just took the floor, took it away from them, and plopped them down. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing technique. And then, you know, you'll refine it as you use it more and more and more, yeah. what verbs you use, what adjectives you use, and you'll experiment with different people until you find, wow, that's great. And then all of a sudden, people will say, I don't know what it is about Diane, but she just gets stuff done. (laughs) Or I don't know what it is about Diane, but she just, everyone seems to like her. Or she just gets to seem, you know, to just resolve things. No one's going to say, oh my goodness, you used to holding the calm technique. (laughs) It's not how it happens because that's how it works. I mean, how do I get I mean, I mediated the case over the secret ownership of the secret recipe for Pepsi. (laughs) I do cases for Google and Facebook and NVIDIA and IBM and Apple and big, huge things. And it's exactly the same as a case I may do. I'm on a volunteer board that's kind of blowing up and they brought me in to try to help get that calmed down. It's just human beings are bumper car egos. It's just what it is. And you got to know how to wipe the spaghetti sauce up when it's wet. Yeah. Or scrape it off the counter without scratching the counter. Yeah. Wow. This is so great. Hesha, I'm so thrilled that you are here. I wish we had had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. I was someplace where I had someone who wouldn't shut up, but that's okay because it'll happen again later. Indeed. Right. Indeed. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So will you tell the listeners uh, how they can find you, how they can find your book, whatever you think they should know? Thank you. Well, it's Holding the Calm, The Secret to Resolving Conflict and Diffusing Tension. Amazon, of course. And if you do get on Amazon, please leave me a a review because that helps the search engine optimization thing. But it's also at Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, anywhere books are sold. Um, I also have a web page holdingthecalm.com and a Facebook page. And every podcast I'm on, I've been on probably, you know, 70 already is all on there. 
uh, trainings that I've done, webinars that I've done are all on there and free because I want people to just get this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. high tide raises all ships. Um, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn and I post, you know, almost every day little nuggets and tidbits of wisdom. I have little one minute videos. So I have all that stuff. So LinkedIn, holdingthecom.com, uh, Amazon, all of those are the places to grab it. And I will tell people in the back of the book, I put a discussion training guide. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was you know, asked if I would you know, publish it as a separate book. And I said, no, I want to give it away for free. I want it to be attached to the book so that if an organization buys a bunch of them for employees, you can self-train. Somebody can just walk through the book and walk through the discussion guide, and then you can get continuing education credit or training credit. Everyone's budgets are tight these days. So it's a way that you can do a training yourself within a group just going over it, and it actually gives you the bonus of team building as that happens too. And if you rotate leadership, you get leadership training Yeah, and people have found it very effective. That's awesome. Wow. Wonderful. Well, boy, thank you. Listeners. Thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.